0: should be much clearer I think.
1: It is so clear.
0: Yeah I should have done this a long time ago. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow that's amazing.
0: Yeah well I don't know I, I was surprised last time that I for whatever reason I didn't think to use the phone and and you said last time it sounded better so I'm thinking it would probably sound even better with because now you won't get the feedback and all that. Anyway yeah here, here, here we are. Mhm. Yeah, so sorry. I, I, when you had contacted me earlier, I had just finished doing all this work, and I was just I couldn't imagine. But as I sat down and had some time to just kind get, get an hour behind or two behind me.
1: Yeah, I totally I can yeah, understand that.
0: Yeah, you know how it goes sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So it seems like it's a good night. I just needed to I needed another hour. <laughs>
1: hmm. So you were putting up uh, drywall.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a slow low, long slow process of trying to turn my basement into living space. Mm. Maybe eventually maybe eventually I'll even put make put put some of it as a place to make art again. Who knows?
1: Mm, I hope so.
0: It would be nice actually. It would be a good space to do that. It's lots of going to be more or less doubling the area of living space that I have so.
1: You seem to be in London in a good place for art. I mean, London short of, short of Toronto, you know, second second best place, it sounds like.
0: London's really interesting because it's got this sort of regional history, and for a small place, it's got, it's really, I think you're right, it's made a lot of, a lot of noise. Uh, I think Montreal's probably better than London, <laughs> I'm sure, or maybe better than Toronto in a way, too, but...
1: Oh, I'm talking about Ontario. Okay? Oh, Ontario. Okay, yeah. I was thinking. I was thinking Canada-wide.
0: <laughs> yeah, we're not quite up there. But but you know what though? Actually, even Canada-wide, there there have been some pretty like for the size of London anyway, there have been some pretty good artists who've who've come out of here. Actually, uh, one woman who I, I don't know that you would know her name, but she just passed away last week. Her name was Bernice Vincent, and Ooh. she was a very good artist. I think if you looked her up, you'd quite like her her work. She did kind of. It was almost photorealism, but it was more, there was something to it that grabbed you. It wasn't like looking at a Ken Danby painting, for example. It was like, she did like paintings of, the one I'm thinking of was a painting of an overpass that looked really, I really, it just kind of sucked you in. I think you'd quite like her. And and she was actually married to um, a famous photographer from London as well named Don Vincent, who did a lot of art photography of like capturing people's work, I believe. I, I don't know too much about him because he passed away before I was kind of... Um, paying any attention, probably even before I lived here, but uh, but yeah, the, the art community was pretty sad about Bernice's passing because she was somebody who was just one of these people who was really beautiful person, you know. She had a great personality, and she's been really deteriorating over the years. I think she was into dementia, that sort of thing, and mm. and uh, you know, she had. It's just one of those things where she. I don't, I'm not sure how old she would have been. She probably would have been in her late 70s, as I guess, but. But anyway anyway so yeah London has definitely produced its its share of artists that have kind of made at least a at least a provincial noise and sometimes national noise and even in some cases international noise there's it is I find it interesting because I keep um I think about it and like I go to I'm pretty sure. I don't remember if I was in New York or Montreal, but I remember seeing there's an artist here named Wynne Julens who makes these sort of film loop and sort of kind of conceptualish sort of art, and he's he's very, quite famous internationally. And and uh, you see his work like it's it's very thoughtful and kind of I don't know it's bigger in a way than what you'd expect to come out of a, a town the size of London, but I guess maybe that's not giving us enough credit.
1: Hmm. How many? Um, I know about the. Um what, what is it called, the main art gallery?
0: That's gone through some names. I think now it's called the Museum London. Yeah. For a while it was called the LRAG, the London, <laughs> the London Regional Art Gallery. And then it was called the L R L RAM, the London Regional Art and Historical Museum. And I think most recently they just shortened it to Museum London. And I think it's actually been called that for probably more than 10 or even 15 years at this point.
1: Okay. So what other art uh, spaces are there? Are there some, some other good galleries?
0: I, I'm a little bit out of touch with that. Like, I know the, 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 the two kind of big dealers in town are, are Tealson, uh Tielsen Gallery, and that's um, near Adelaide and Cheapside or Adelaide, between Adelaide and Cheapside and Adelaide and Huron. If you know where that is, that probably doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. And then the the kind of bigger, splashier one, the downtown one, is the Michael Gibson Gallery. But they're, they're kind of an interesting – it's sort of they've got this kind of – I don't know about competition, but, but you know, Jens is um, – the Teelson Gallery, he he inherits the business kind of from his dad, and it started kind of as a – almost off the back of a truck selling paintings and a framing business, and, and Jens is really uh, – very very knowledgeable about art he's like one of probably the world one of the most world-renowned experts on say painters 11 and he mm-hmm. has a, and he has a number of them in his own personal collection like he's he buys and sells art all the time and keeps some pieces and has you go to his house and I, i've been to parties there and it's wow you just look around it's like i can't believe this stuff's on this guy just sitting on somebody's in the walls on somebody's house oh, wow. you know yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty cool And then, uh, I don't know Mike Gibson as well, but uh, Mike Gibson, the gallery space is nicer. Like, it's a modern downtown building and everything. But I find that the art that goes up there, while I wouldn't say that it's not good. I just find that it's a different sort of experience. Like, Mike tries to get sort of, I don't know, younger, newer. Um, I don't know. It's just different. It's hard to describe. I I like going into there, too, but I, I... I find I I can connect with Jens Thielson. I've known him for a long time, whereas Mike I don't really I don't really know, and I, I just feel like he doesn't really want to know people in the, on the same capacity. You know, some, you know people are just different, different, right?
1: Yeah.
0: I think Jens likes people that drink wine.
1: Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. I like him, and you know, he and he's been in business for a long, long time, and uh, I. Brian Savvy, who we talked to last, he, he shows paintings there, and, and uh, Jens, Jens will take some chances. You know, he'll put some some interesting things on walls, and he'll sometimes allow like you know people to kind of take over his space for short term kind of shows. And like he's got kind of like three major rooms, and he'll have like three different artists in there, and yeah. not have not have like something that's a big thing where he's going to put out catalogs and all this kind of thing, but more. Um, more that, more that it would just be kind of like maybe only up there for maybe a week or two weeks or something like that, just to give people some exposure and you know possibility of selling.
1: Well, uh, pretty soon in, in April, I am going to go to uh, Ottawa and Montreal with my friend Angeline. Oh, yeah, I've and, seen you, her uh, name
0: go by on Facebook. Yep.
1: Yeah. And um, we were selecting some things to see, and um, I noticed that uh, Kiki Smith has a show with her father at oh, the yeah. National Gallery, so I wanted to see it. Um, she does things to do with a uh, woman born of wolf. A lot of nature and a lot of imagery of uh, interesting little Red Riding Hood sort of thing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know I know that name, but I, I I'm sure that I've seen it, but it's not one that I'm immediately familiar with. I'd have to look it up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. So she's got a an exhibition on in Ottawa or at the National Gallery, or
1: yeah, yeah. It's uh, her, like her theme has has been for quite some time. Um, She started with Saint-Genevieve, the Saint of Paris uh, and has to do with uh, something with uh, always a wolf and a woman and she's like sort of a feminist uh, artist. A lot of uh, sculptures. Her, Her father though was a real minimalist so I think he has a black box in a room. Smith
0: do you know his do you know his uh first name
1: T- Tony
0: Tony Smith oh really oh yeah I know Tony Smith oh yeah Tony Smith is great I like one of the I love that stuff when I was when I was discovering art I just thought wow I can't believe this this guy's stuff is just like yeah you're right very minimal almost nothing there but I just there's something conceptual about it that turned me on I'm weird
1: <laughs> I I figured you would like him
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah I like him he's He was one of the guys that I just thought, wow, he's just really kind of turned art on on its end in a way, you know, and and it makes people that don't pay much attention to art, and, you know, we've talked about this before, but people that don't pay much attention to art, they just look at that and they just just completely, dismiss it and in fact you can even have art that would be up in public spaces and people would never even notice it and i think that's almost a feat unto itself you know what i mean
1: no kidding, no <laughs> do, kidding. do you know that
0: artist i saw brian had just pasted and i can't remember his name now but i'd heard of him before but he's got his thing is his whole career he's been putting these like pillars with stripes on them oh, in public yeah, spaces in
1: Paris,
0: yeah. yeah 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 and he's been doing that for a long long time and i i've kind of had forgotten about him and that's like man that's cool stuff i think i i like the way it looks but that's the kind of thing where you could put that up and i almost guarantee you that like, not even 9 out of 10, like 95 out of 100 or 98 out of 100 people probably wouldn't even notice that it was there. They would just think it was like traffic signals or something.
1: No, I, I looked at it and I I thought for some reason that it, it was a so, sort of um, deconstruction of uh, something to do with uh, docks and marine marine kind of ideas right right of yeah that's cars.
0: interesting no I, I can get i get that i get that
1: but it's to do it, it's because
0: they're like balusters is why right is that what they mm. call those things like that they put around like like um almost to protect like a gas meter or, or something you don't want a car to smash into it and then he paints them all up yeah that's interesting <laughs> but that's but you say that's not what he you, you read into it and that's not what he's
1: no, I don't to, think so i I can't remember exactly, but i I remember that oh, it wasn't what I thought <laughs>
0: yeah, 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 but I find that sort of thing interesting. I mean, I, like I guess, as we've talked about over again, i my spectrum's pretty broad, really. like I like you know I, I like Christina's world to me is one of the most amazing things I've ever seen, and at the same time, I like Tony Smith, right? so. There's there's a lot in between there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I learned a lot from you with that well, I, diversity.
0: I, I think that um, as you are somebody that is becoming more and more interested in art and in making art and you become committed to the process of making art and to understanding how ideas are developed, you've got to thousands of paintings literally to become a good painter you can't just do it overnight right and it's not just about technique it's about ideas too right True. and and i don't know um I, I think as you move forward in that process you, you're it's almost inevitable that eventually you're going to say okay ellsworth kelly or whatever maybe not my thing but you kind of say okay this guy has a, a very coherent thesis and you got to have respect for that right uh,
1: that's right yes. yes yes And more and more as as I'm going, um, yeah. I'm discovering that uh, it it will take it can take many forms, and um, that talking about it and finding finding out what it is that you're trying to say is is part of the the idea, and uh, I'm I'm that's why uh, I want to go see that particular exhibit, but my friend is very much into classical art, so uh, I suggested going to the Museum of um, Contemporary Art, but uh, it wasn't really her thing, and I understand that. Oh, that's
0: fine, I mean... So we'll
1: get a good balance, we're... I
0: think sometimes people just aren't there yet. And I think there's some people that may just never get there where they never really care enough about like what the cutting edge of art is. And they don't, they, it's not that they don't get it. It's just that there's so much to pay attention to anyway. And they just, there's only so much capacity that you have to really like something. And if, if your thing is looking at, um, you know, Rembrandt's and, and that sort of level of art. And, and I I think you're, it's unfortunate that you would limit yourself to just that, but of course it's probably wider than that. But, um, you know,
1: I think it's kind of like a pride, a pride of doing something the best that you can. You
0: know. Yeah. No, I get that, and and I was just looking at this week. I saw a totally fascinating web page that somebody had posted about the matte painters for for like Star Wars movies. Yeah. And and it was just like, oh my god, those people! I have never seen like all those big scenes that you see in the old Star Wars movies. This is like long before computer CGI and all that. A lot of those are just painted on glass. Isn't
1: that crazy?
0: It's amazing. And you look at the detail and you think, man, these people are so good at what they do. Mm. Like it's it's like they, they would probably, I don't know how long it would take them to paint one of those things. It must take them weeks. Uh,
1: yeah, probably more than that. I'm not yeah, sure. Probably, yeah, probably
0: even more than that. And working at it like basically probably 40 or 50 hours a week. Just continue it continually continually like and it's like you're painting with a brush number double zero brushes or whatever you know everything's just so fine detailed but oh, then man. you know they project that onto a giant movie screen and and you think that you're looking at I don't know what you think you're looking at obviously you're not looking at the Death Star because it didn't actually exist, but
1: <laughs>
0: but you know what I mean, right? It's oh like, yeah. It looks so real and so good,
1: yeah. and in a way
0: better than the CGI. 3D I would
1: argue.
0: and 3D and yeah. And mm-hmm. I, I, I think, as I just, said, I think even somewhat, I like that stuff even more than this, the CGI, the modern filmmaking techniques that have have replaced it. You know, I it's, agree. there's something about it that is just so unbelievable. And it still does get used a little bit. I think the new Star Wars movie used it, too. Anyway, I was... So I get the craft part of it, I guess, is what I'm saying. I really understand why people would be... Turned on by that. Now I need a certain. For me, I need more than I said earlier. I was talking about Ken Danby. I need a little bit more than that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'll send you. I'll send you a link to Bernice Vincent's paintings, and or, or, I don't know what's out there on her. I'm sure there's something, but okay. uh, I, at the very least, I'll send that painting of the overpass that I saw, and it was just like I don't know. There's something about it that just draws you in. Mm,
1: sounds lovely.
0: Yeah, I think you'd like it. I, I think I think you'd really appreciate her her kind of viewpoint.
1: So today I bought a um, a special tool. Um, it's a, an air compressed uh, drill. Uh, it's like a pen drill, and uh, I'm gonna try it tomorrow with the air compressor.
0: And what are you gonna be drilling? Um,
1: I'm gonna. I made some um, collages, um, so I I bought this book. Uh, last summer at uh, the Friends of the Library, the, the books are like ten cents, twenty five oh, yeah. cents, whatever. So they're,
0: they're they're just clearing out their collection, probably, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, and people can bring their books too. Oh, so right, right. So
0: it's a it's a, a donation community event, et cetera, Sort yeah, of thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's neat. That's neat. You find really good stuff there. So, but this book I bought simply because I liked the cover. It was. Uh, one of those old-style sort of cloth-like, a blue blue cloth-like uh, binding for the cover. Oh yeah. And uh, I just like the look of it, so. Old school. Old school and smelled moldy. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what everybody says about ebooks, right? That they can't they can't deal with them. They don't like them because they just don't smell like an old book. <laughs> yeah. They also don't fall apart like an old book. All my old books, <laughs> I open them up and the pages all fall out. Yeah. But, but this sounds like it's a better bound book. I'm talking about soft cover science fiction from the 70s or 60s even.
1: <laughs> You're talking
0: about a real book.
1: Yeah, actually, so um, I got this book and then I look at it and it's called The Empty Fortress and I've page through it and I find out that it's actually a book about autism. And really? It's, yeah. It's this uh doct- maybe he doesn't even have a PhD anyway, this psychiatrist that uh has that studies children and he's full of psychoanalysis and he just keeps talking about Oh all kinds of silly ideas about the children and and it, it's like really really it, it, it was it was annoying. So I thought, <laughs> "Oh, this is like the old almost like looking at at the child as uh, l'enfant sauvage, like a, a, a wolf child or a feral child, you know." Gosh. And uh talking about the mother and how the mother is uh, is cold, and, and the, child is, uh, the child uh the uh, child rejects the mother. And anyway,
0: what year was it written?
1: 1967.
0: Yeah, so a lot's changed about ideas about those sorts of things since then. Yeah, it's ama- it's amazing in a way to see old stuff like that, and and the way what people actually got away with saying. You know, I mean, in 67 isn't really that long ago, right?
1: No, but I mean,
0: uh, I mean, go back to like thirty seven or twenty seven I don't know if they even knew what autism was then, but
1: mm-hmm, yeah but
0: but, but you know other sorts of whatever types of conditions or whatever that people had, and the things that the, it's amazing like the and it's always men, of course, right,
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much um, probably nine out of
0: ten times anyway,
1: yeah, um, so I googled that name uh and I found out that uh. This book was still being sold. you could still buy it because it's such a bad book that people <laughs> want to have it just to, to you know to to talk about the progression of uh, the thinking about autism because uh, he popularized the idea of the refrigerator mother so well,
0: that's uh, kind of interesting in a way still I guess then isn't it like it's just as a I don't know, it's kind of like a, a milestone of, you know, at, at least it was bringing it to to people thinking about it more, but yet, you know, you got to go so much further than that to actually have any sort of clue. I mean, we still don't really even know that much about it, I don't think.
1: No, I think that um, he was just wanting to sell his books, and, and, and oh, get, I, get funding, get one funding, you know, I get see. funding, just saying anything, you know, uh, psychoanalysis, uh, crap, so, anyway. Like the,
0: the, Donald Trump of, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah. so, so, I started, um, over the holidays, I, I looked again at that book, and I made, uh, I actually used the binding to to make a leather uh, book for Maddie, like a notebook. Oh yeah. So so then I started using the pages to make paper beads, and then I realized that that was kind of a cool idea because I was wearing it as a necklace, and (laughs) I'm like, (laughs) I'm like
0: deconstructing a book literally.
1: Yeah, and, and you know that when my son was uh just before he was diagnosed, we were trying to find out what was wrong with him. And we went to see a physician in town who said that I hadn't I hadn't bonded well with my child. <laughs> that was the reason.
0: You're and, not seeing the, you're not seeing that doctor anymore I would guess. Uh
1: no. Um, <laughs> that was in two thousand and four. Yeah. And um I actually believed him because at the time um when Jonathan was 2 I, I was suffering from a post uh postpartum depression so there was there was some some element of that I I wasn't cold to Jonathan at all but he wasn't bonding well with me. That was kind of true, and that's but there's why more to there's
0: a lot more to it than that, yes, right? Obviously, of course.
1: obviously, yeah. obviously. I did not even know that it was genetic at that no, time. No, exactly, so exactly. I was seeking um, expert opinion, and even in 2004, it wasn't so common, you know. To to there was like um, uh, a body of knowledge already that had been started to be established but it was still kind of early in the game so um i i, I did a lot of reading uh, and Back. then I, I, I found out you know more about it and i keep reading research about it there are many many research uh, articles out there so Anyway, I, I was wearing this necklace and I thought well this is a pretty this this is a this is a rich idea of the empty fortress. So the idea of the empty fortress kind of stayed in my mind and I started to do some collages and um so and then I bought some plexiglass and I I have already been etching on plexiglass, I started, and it, I used a dremel tool and pins and all kinds of sharp objects, but I really wanted something more precise, so today I bought this uh, little drill, and I, I'm i going to try it tomorrow, and um, it's going to be about the idea of the empty fortress, and um, this is going to be for... For starting uh, my own line of work so it's not school work because for grant applications you have to have shown exhibited your own work yeah at, outside
0: at, of the school context
1: yeah okay. outside. yeah yeah so I want to develop a little some series of of uh, artworks that I can uh, photograph well and try to get uh, Exhibited, so I don't know where. Maybe in a cafe or something. I don't know. In a, in an office even. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anywhere, well, anywhere with somebody that is a little bit sort of official that I could put on a, on a yeah. in a resi- I, in a grant application. <laughs> I, I guess
0: that's a problem with living in a, a smaller community like St. Marie. That there's probably not a lot of options, right?
1: Well, there are. There's the, ga- there's the public. Ga- there's 10. the public gallery.
0: Oh, there really? That's not like too bad. 10,
1: maybe ten, meaning um, I'm just picking a number like this. Um, you know that I know of. There's the art gallery. There are maybe three or four cafes that take our art on artwork on a regular basis. And I've heard about. The hospital that sometimes they take art, and I've heard about uh, Sue Career Center. So I'm at seven now, so I <laughs> think that maybe there's another three that there I coming There probably don't know are. <laughs> well,
0: I know here in London, one of the, sometimes, uh, I think even more than one of the lo- branches of the library had that as a program as well, where people could do, could mount shows in there. And that was, that's, that's another one to maybe look into. And in fact, that would be a good one to look into and if they don't have it to try to almost promote it because they love having people come into the library, though they would work with you on that.
1: Yeah.
0: It's just, they just have to have the walls and the space to do it, I guess. Right.
1: Mm-hmm. Take all these,
0: take all these books out of here.
1: Yeah. Gotta put our, we
0: got we to put art out. <laughs>
1: yeah. I, I'm thinking also about uh, non-traditional places and, sort of guerrilla doing, like, outside and stuff like that. But uh, um, I, I want to do some uh, prints, so so we're going to see how that turns out.
0: Now, you were taking a printmaking course this term, right, if I remember correctly? La-
1: last term. Last
0: this,
1: term, okay. This term I only did advanced studio.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, so an advanced studio, I would guess, is fairly um, open,
1: Oh, yeah, it was super open.
0: You kind of just, you, you do what you want, and you get criticism from your professor and your peers as well, the other people in the course?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: And you sort of have like a seminar period where you talk about your art and you do little presentations on it or something like that? Or
1: Well, what we did is um, we picked a contemporary artist to... To share with the class and to talk about. Oh right, and uh, you you
0: picked that artist that did the glass work. Yeah, the uh, the 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 mirrors and that and the taxidermy. I
1: Can't remember his name. Yeah, the one from David Emish.
0: David Emish, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Ah, that's good. That sounds like you're probably you're probably pushing them because, you know, maybe I maybe I'm wrong, but. But that's probably more advanced than what most of them would have been coming up with, especially if they're young. <laughs> but
1: well, you never know. You I never did know. installation. I this was the first my first try in installation, and as you know, we've talked about this many times. I, I'm not very good at reading installation work. I I don't really understand it when I see it, but as I'm doing it, as I did it this term, I started to understand why uh, an artist would pick one material over another and uh you know the the way that it is displayed in the space has a lot to do with what um we want to convey do we want it to be immersive or or just uh passive or or what you know so yeah
0: that's interesting
1: yeah, I've
0: yeah, you're right. We have talked about it. There's only so many things that I can talk about. It's why I've probably gone in circles like ten times since we've started doing this. But I, I do find that installation art is one of those things where you might find one piece that you look at and you just think, like, what a piece of shit. And then another one you look at and you're just amazed that this person thought of this. It's just so clever. And you think, man, this is – and it's sometimes so simple, but just, like, you know, such a great concept. And I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm drawing a blank as to specific ideas, but –
1: I found specific. one. I There was one installation that I still think about uh, and it was in Montreal at uh, the Musée, uh, Musée des Arts Contemporains, uh, and it was uh, an homo- homage, homage to um, textile workers. So there was a cotton machine. And it was all automated. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, it was moving with a notation uh, from music that was taken from the lights, Uh, somebody, the artist had made musical notation from windows, uh, building windows that are lit up on, on the buildings, so it's like notes. Yeah, that's clever. Um, Yeah, that is super clever. So this music was powering little electronic, you know, devices that were moving the strings on this huge cotton machine. So there was a a sound element. There was a kinetic element. And it was beautiful. Like the machine itself, it was like a big, super huge spool of cotton thread. So white, white, white cotton just moving kind of very slowly, little by little, and things just kind of, oh, man, it was just.
0: It's funny that you bring that one up because the one piece of big installation art that I've seen like that that really stuck with me was this artist named Tim Hawkinson, and I maybe I've talked about this before, too, because I keep talking about the same things, but, but it's a piece called The Uber Organ. And it's this I saw it at the Massachusetts Museum of Modern Art, which is an old uh, I think nabisco factory that's been turned into a giant art gallery it's really really big and it's got like big old factory spaces in it and it has this one the largest space in it is like the size of a football field with like fifty foot ceilings Ooh. and this guy and this guy filled this whole space with this thing that he calls the uber organ and it takes like it's hard to describe but it, it essentially it takes a sheet of mylar that has painted things on it like a player piano sheet so there's dark spots and non-dark spots and that goes through something that reads it and that sends it's like all air powered and it has these like things with reeds on them and doors that open so it makes these like (laughs) low pitch noises like (laughs) and the whole thing is just like making this like it's like a Dr. Seuss thing it's just like I'll, I'll 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 Send you the link if you're looking up, but it's like it's something else. It really is like nothing I had ever seen in my life before. and It was the scale of it was so big. I'm just like, wow, this guy's amazing.
1: <laughs>
0: and then the same guy. This is just a little aside about him that I'm remembering. Um, there's a back record with a silver cover. I can't remember the name of it. And inside of it, there's these little sculptures of birds and it turns out this is the same artist who's made these sculptures of birds out of his own fingernail clippings.
1: Ew. <laughs> yeah, he's been like
0: saving them and he like gl- he glues them all together. So, so I guess <laughs> So I guess he's a strange probably a fairly strange guy. Oh
1: my god, I don't like things to do with the body.
0: <laughs> fingernail clippings don't bother me that much in hair, but yeah, I don't really want to have blood or urine. That's where I draw the line <laughs> or poop.
1: <laughs> uh, anyway, so that's um, that's pretty much that's pretty much all I got to talk about today.
0: Well, I guess uh, I guess it comes back to the I don't know the the whole idea of installation art is interesting, and, and it would have been interesting for you to explore it a little bit in your uh, in your studio class because there is I, I don't know like I I just think about all the different things that I've seen in books or in person or whatever and. And there's some things that I've seen that have just been like, man, that's so cool, and sometimes so simple.
1: Yeah, well, I'm, I delved into it, and I'm still delving into it because my installation moved from room to room to room, and now it's in my backyard.
0: So, <laughs> oh, did I see a posting about on Facebook about that today? There was some sort of wood thing or something. It was like yeah, a frame. I thought.
1: Yeah, that's my wood thing. That's
0: <laughs> your the, wood <laughs> thing.
1: Yeah, that's what I call it. My wood thing. Yeah. <laughs> it's a clothes rack. It's actually uh, based on on um, a Chinese uh, cl- clothing rack that I found on on um, on Google, and I asked my friend who. Is Chinese and he said that the early ones like the, the ancient ones were were metal and they were like uh, almost like uh, metal you know standalone <laughs> metal coat racks that you can hang your coats on they were like oh, yeah. that for them but it was for kimono so you'd hang the kimono on the on the rack and and it would keep the kimono super super like wrinkle free because they thought that a wrinkle on the kimono was this it was like the biggest dishonor ever, you know, so they wanted to keep their kimono super clean so but throughout the time, the racks became. More and more ornate, and they sculpted a lot on the uh, on the panes, and they added panes and stuff. So my wood thing is is uh, is um, contemporary, a contemporary shanty style clothes rack. So uh, that's cool. I had uh, I put some elements together to make a change room, so. Uh it was the idea because in my life I've been in so many precarious situations that it feels like, you know, when you go to a store, you go to a change room, you have this moment of intimacy in in, in a place that, you know, you, you wouldn't even have lunch there but
0: Now now you're in your underwear.
1: <laughs> now you're in all of a sudden you're in your underwear and plus you're faced with your own uh, aging, you know, and you keep looking. Yeah, yeah, there's, like, a mirror
0: right there, a full-body mirror. It's like, what's going on here? Like, I don't even do this at home, and now I'm in the middle of a store doing it.
1: Yeah. Sometimes I, I kind of, it's almost like I, my daughter was saying that, when she didn't want to smell something, she would plug her nose her special way, where she would she wouldn't breathe through her nose. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. In a way, when I'm changing in a change room, I'm I'm looking my special way, where I'm not really looking. I'm like, oh Say, shit.
0: <laughs> I can't see any of this. I've... Oh let's goodness.
1: Get, let's get this done the best. Yeah, yeah. Get in, get
0: up quick. No one gets hurt. Yeah, no doubt. Well, I I expect that sounds like it's kind of a work in progress. Not not your your aging, but the uh, the 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 wooden rack.
1: Yeah, the wooden rack is uh, definitely, but uh, it's done and it's it's gonna be submitted. That, but we have to submit it in a form of. A grant uh, proposal, so we have to write about it, and we have to take good photos, and we have to uh, videotape video uh, the 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 installation. Right, so
0: sort of a professional documentation that's sort of trying to sell it as a something that you that they'd actually get someone would pay you to continue to work on and develop.
1: So yeah, if if you were to uh let's say you were in your development where you you're an emerging artist you have to have exhibited for the past 3 years and you're filling out your your application this is what you would do you would you would you know uh talk about your budget you would talk you would give your you would uh submit your resume and my resume i had to write completely rewrite my resume because i you know, like an artist resume is not at all like uh, a, my regular resume. No, so.
0: no, no. You wouldn't be including the stuff that you did. On, although maybe some of it might be relevant, but in most cases, probably there would be not. There wouldn't be very much of that. I put. I'd go back to like when I worked at McDonald's back in 1981. No, just kidding. I never actually did that. <laughs>
1: yeah. I did work
0: in. I did work in the food industry, but I probably wouldn't include that in my art. In my art. Uh, Resume. Yeah, I remember trying to put those together and trying to apply for things when I was trying, and nobody took me seriously enough because I really wasn't like an artist. I was somebody else, and they just overlooked me. I became bitter. No, that's not true. Aww. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. I, there, there was one particular um, show that thing. I can't remember what exactly what it was called, and I had this idea about. It was like to do with like I was outdoors pieces, like people were you get a canoe or a bike and, and you had to make like a piece of temporary outdoor sculpture out of it. And I had this idea about a, a bike and covering it with latex rubber, so that I that and I don't know, they never got back to me. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know how it goes, right? <laughs> but then, you know, then all the people that got it were all the people that are actually artists in town, right? That are you know, I mean they've only got so many so much space. Je- Jeff did a piece in that. He built a uh, he had a canoe, and then he built this like paper mache, or not paper mache, but like I think fiberglass, or maybe even concrete. I can't remember. But, like guy paddling in it and stuff. So. And I think Brian had a piece in that where he, anyway,
1: exactly. et
0: cetera. This is going back to like 2001, so this is like ancient history, but
1: it's awesome.
0: But yeah, that that was one of my few. Uh, I, I tried a couple things where I applied to, for ideas that I had. And I was, I, I never even got an answer, so.
1: That's okay. I probably yeah, won't get answers either. I'm just, I'm just gonna think though about the possibility, and, and as you're as you're doing it too, you can help people. Um, you
0: know. And, and honestly, you, you've got more credibility than I ever had because you're going through an arts program, and you are very dedicated. I was as dedicated as I could be, but I mean, I was I also had a full time job working. You know. So it was hard to, for I can understand why people wouldn't really have taken me that seriously, but I, I think you've got some pretty good credibility, and I think you, it's the sort of thing you just have to keep. You have to be persistent, and you can't be you can't be discouraged, right? Because you know you're going to get turned down. You know what's going to happen, but eventually you're not going to get turned down. Eventually you're going to get something. I, I promise you that. Oh. But you have to be consistent, right? Yeah. If you stop, you're not going to get it. You just have to say, okay, I might do I'll make like 30 applications, and then eventually somebody's going to say, oh, she's made 30 applications, she's good. Yeah. she mean she means business
1: <laughs> well yeah i've I've heard that some people have told me they have a hundred you know yeah, that
0: mean? sounds so that sounds like very discouraging, but yeah. you know what? just keep doing it. who cares right
1: mm-hmm. i will i will and and anyway i would I would be doing it because I'm hoping that part part of the deal is is uh when other people. Uh, get successful and they they get to to do what they love and they start showing and they start getting somewhere it's so encouraging when you see them like I, I have a friend who last summer she was talking to me about oh that you know since she graduated she feels disconnected you know and she doesn't have the chance to 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 meet often with other artists and and she feels like she misses a community to talk right. with and everything right. and then in the end she she just put a thing together and and she got into the uh, the Art Gallery in town so good for her
0: yeah that's cool
1: she stuck with it and I was just so happy about about it it's beautiful it's a beautiful show that she did. Well, that's great. So I'm so proud of when people, you know, continue to do what yeah, they believe in.
0: Exactly, exactly. And you mm-hmm. just continue to do it, and you, 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 you don't. It's not even not that you don't. It's not that you don't take no for an answer. It's that you accept that no is an answer and you just keep going anyway, and you're not driven by thinking that you're someone who is owed this, right? You're not, like, mm-hmm. thinking that, oh, I'm so good, I'm just going to, like, apply for, oh, like, no. one grant, and I'm going to get it. Everybody knows that's not the way it works, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. There's, there's a remote chance that that might happen, but that's not what it's all about.
1: No. What's what's good, though, is that it focuses you, I think. It, it would focus. Like, I, I've been thinking about this project, and I'm starting to... To think of, you know, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna see it through. So, I'm doing things.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that is what makes ideas flow.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, the fact that you're doing things and the fact that you're you're just continuing to do things and 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 you know, every idea. I wouldn't say there's no such thing as a bad idea, but you know, every idea is, has a point or a purpose. You know, you yeah. just keep. You, and even if it's not the thing that ends up being the final product of whatever it is that you do, it, it's all like part of the you know the building blocks of where that comes from, right?
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm really surprised at the things that have already come out of my strange yeah. change room installation, it's it's been so interesting what what happened with this. I mean, it was just. It was just yeah it's think, interesting, maybe I, I'll talk about it next time, but
0: yeah like I mean you, you think about you think about your own like how long have you been actively making art like since you started taking courses like has it been 2011. five
1: years
0: twenty eleven yeah, And you think of the difference between then and now, and it's just like, I bet you it's night and day. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty advanced, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah, it's there. just, and
0: in and, and five years from now, you'll probably say the same thing again. Although, I think what, happen, what you'll find happens is that it becomes more and more concentrated and focused and connected to each other, and eventually I think you'll find that there is this, like, long narrative of all the things that you're doing. And it probably it's already there even from 2011 to a certain degree, but that, I think, gets more... More more focused as time goes on, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a kind of uh, uh, hmm. Precision, maybe.
0: Yeah. Consistency, clarity. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 In
0: any case, maybe we should uh, call it a day here. We've been at this for 45 minutes now, and. uh,
1: Thank you so much, Mark. For yes, I'm, I'm the glad time. that
0: uh, I'm glad that I was able to do well. I just I had there was people visiting here that were helping me. Still, it was just one of those things where I just didn't know how the night was going to go. But I'm I worked out that this was good, so I'm glad that we got to talk and we will do it again soon.
1: Yes, and good luck with uh, the rest of your uh, <laughs> oh, thank renovations.
0: You. Thank you. Yeah, it'll be done in 2020. No, it won't take that long. <laughs> it's it, sometimes it seems that way, but in any case, you take care and we'll talk soon.
1: Okay.